This is B2B Enablement, a Click.io podcast created to inspire sales and marketing leaders navigating digital transformation. I'm your host, Dave Carr, and on this show, we'll share actionable insights to build winning digital strategies and deliver better sales results with your customers. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 22 of B2B Enablement. Today, we've got a really cool topic, as always. We're going to be talking about how to close the gap in digital marketing reporting. And with me today, I've got John Horn, who is the CEO of Stub Group. Uh, They're a digital advertising agency out of Texas. They're a premier Google Ads partner. John is extremely passionate about data, digital marketing, digital advertising, and he really enjoys speaking with people about how to uh, navigate the digital marketing landscape, how to convert more leads, get more sales, grow revenue, all of the things that we all as B2B marketers and sales leaders want to do. So uh, today we're going to get into this topic and we're going to talk about things from uh, an elementary standpoint all the way to a more advanced standpoint. So no matter where you are, in your digital marketing and reporting journey. We will have some content that's relevant to you. And so with that, I'm gonna hand it over to John really quickly to do an intro of himself, and then we will hop right into the topic. Thanks, Dave. Uh, First of all, it's a real pleasure getting to speak with you. I've been looking forward to talking about reporting and data. It's one of my passions, like you said, for sure. And uh, yeah, in terms of of what I do, I'm the CEO here at Stub Group. And really, we work with all kinds of businesses, lots of B2B businesses, as well as business to consumer, e-commerce, all over the place. And ultimately, we connect businesses with customers online. So we are Premier Google Partner. We run campaigns on Facebook and Instagram, Microsoft, Amazon, so forth, trying to get the right people to our clients at the right time so they can get that engagement they're looking for and ultimately get those, uh, those profitable dollars coming in the door. Awesome. Well, where I want to start out, just like I said in the intro here, I want to think about beginning really at an elementary level. So when you think about for B2B companies, where do you start? If you're just beginning to think about doing some digital advertising online, how you should structure your reporting of that, what are the first steps that a B2B company should be thinking about as they start down that road? Yeah. So typically the first place we'll start when a uh, business reaches out to us in the space is understanding all right, who is your target audience and how does that, like, what are the different um, buckets that that may embrace? So a good example would be sometimes we'll have businesses reach out where there is consumer interest in what they do, and then there's business interest in what they do. In that type of scenario, we got to figure out, okay, well, what makes the people who are in the business world looking for that product or service different than consumers? Uh, Example would be, we have a client who provides secure email communication for healthcare offices, doctors, things like that. In that type of scenario, there's a lot of people out there looking for secure email, but 90% of that traffic are people like you and me who just you know, don't want Google or Facebook or whatever reading our emails. We are looking for, you know, a secure version. Whereas on the business side, we need to figure out with the client, okay, well, how can we, how can we identify your target audience, which is people in healthcare offices, chiropractors, doctors, what are they searching for that makes them unique? And where are they on the internet? How do we reach them with your messaging? And then of course, once we get that traffic to a client's website, which is typically the goal of most digital advertising campaigns, it's how are they engaging with the website and what you know tools and software should we use to measure that and then measure um, whether that's phone calls coming in the door or 
than filling out a form on the website, chatting, really any method that a potential customer can use to engage with you online or through phone is something that we want to understand and then figure out how to track. And it doesn't have to be super complicated, honestly, to track these things. There's lots of great software and free software often out there that helps us figure those things out. Uh, but that's kind of where we get that, that conversation started. Yeah, and what I hear in, in between a lot of that is it's a lot of good old fashioned ideal customer profile, understand who your, your best fit customer is, and then build your messaging around that so that you're, you know, through your advertising, you're able to bring bring those individuals in and then ultimately give them a something value to, to drive conversion. Um, and you know that you did a great job in kind of <laughs> summarizing all those individual steps because you know that funnel can look a little daunting. I mean, especially if you're if you're just starting out, you know, in the B two B world and you've you've never run LinkedIn ads before, you've never run Facebook ads. It it can look really complicated. But I also liked what you said there too, John, around keeping it simple. And I think that one common thing, especially now, is you know people try to over attribute everything. So attribution is, is good. I mean, we all need to focus on that. But in a lot of cases, if you if you try to focus on it too difficult, especially early on, it can lead to you know crushed expectations or things just not panning out the the way that you would want. Um, so, so on that note, that it's a, it's a really good segue into the next question I had, which is around technology. And I know that you know one of the common things, at least with our target market in B two B, we see is that everyone's always thinking about software. Um, I'm never one to advocate for just throwing software at a problem, right? Like if you think <laughs> you had a, you have to have a business plan first. But uh, what do you guys see around for those getting started? How to properly put in place technology platforms to help track those metrics? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. So first of all, you got to have some type of CRM, some type of customer relationship management tool so that when people are reaching out to you, whether that be through your website or a phone call or even in person, you know, if you're at a trade show or something, having a way to capture that information, retain it in a central place, um, capture information about how that person originally heard about you, reached out to you. And then what did you do with that lead? What have been the conversations, the sales pitches? You know, did they, did they convert into a client? Are they still someone you should reach out to six months from now? You know, obviously, all of those just pattern standard sales things are things which I wish every business reaching out to us already understood and did by default. But I can't tell you how many times someone reaches out to us looking for marketing help and we talk with them and realize, hey guys, we can we can get you more leads, we can get you more traffic to your website, but if you're not actually doing what you need to be doing with those leads that we're sending to you, this is not going to work out. You're not going to be happy. We're not going to be happy because uh, you've got to actually be you know, communicating with those leads and tracking it. Um, simply, and again, going back to simplicity, if you have too complex of a system set up when say a lead reaches out to you to where, oh, it goes through to this team or that team or this software process or that software process, but you're not getting physically in contact and touch with that person as quickly as humanly possible, your conversion rate is just going to be so much lower. So one thing that we prioritize internally as stub group as well as our clients is get back to the client as fast as possible. Um, and if you can do that, you're going to beat you know, 80% of your competitors who are taking a day, two days, a week to ever you know, get back in touch with that lead. But circling back to you know, software and what you mentioned there, um, so having a, a CRM is important. 
In terms of website analytics, we'll often use something as simple as Google Analytics for our clients. Um, it's free, but also incredibly powerful. Uh, we can see where's traffic coming from, how are they engaging with the website, where are they dropping off. We can even see things like what, what different touch points on the marketing side have contributed to someone reaching out. So we can see, oh, hey, this person, they originally reached the website because they clicked a Google ad. But then they went uh, to your LinkedIn page as a company and clicked through from there to the website. And then they went to Google Organic and did a search and came through and start kind of putting those pieces together and realizing it's a, it's, a, it's a big puzzle. And there's different aspects of that puzzle that ultimately get people to actually reach out to you through your website. Um, but like you said, with attribution, we're not in a last click attribution world where people only find you through one single method. Typically, it's a variety of ways. And the more you can understand that and put that picture together... Uh, the better you can invest your time, your resources, your ad spend into the areas that are actually working to get more business coming in the door. Yeah, it's it's so complex too as well, you know, and w- with a lot of my other guests, we talk a lot about how the buyer journey has changed, especially post-COVID. And yeah. with so much of it now happening before anyone ever act, interacts with a salesperson, there are a million touch points. And there's so many great, thoughts out there now from a lot of influential people. And, you know, I don't know if you, if you follow Chris Walker on LinkedIn, but I mean, he has some incredible good and incredibly good insights around, you know, instead of just focusing on traditional kind of legion uh, funnels, you know, and, and ebook conversions and things like that, which are still valid, but, you know, thinking about creating brand and letting that traffic come to you organically. But to your point though, you know, that happens on LinkedIn, that happens on your website, that happens on even, you know, a search in Google. And there's a lot of different ways that it comes through. And I think that's what scares a lot of B2B marketers when they're just starting out is thinking that it is so complex because, I mean, let's be honest, it is, but that doesn't mean that you still can't start simple and one is always greater than zero, just making progress to, to move there. Uh, um, you know, you talked a little bit about CRM and, and again, like we're sort of in the same place, like with our sales enablement solution that we sell at Click. You know, if you, if you don't have a CRM, you know, it's going to be really hard for us to help you, right? You know, it's just that you, you got to have something there that connects it from the marketing handoff to the salespeople and making sure that that's there. So I, I totally agree on, on that front. Um, are there any other platforms that you've you've worked really well with? Like, for instance, like HubSpot. We, we work with HubSpot. I love it personally. But um, have, you, have you seen others that are good for starters? And would you recommend any beyond just a basic tech stack? We use HubSpot as well here at Stub Group, and um, I definitely recommend that to our clients when they're looking for a CRM. There's a lot of good options out there, but but HubSpot, they do a, a very good uh, job if you know what you're doing, because um, sometimes there's a little bit of a learning curve, but they do a good job of helping you connect to the marketing side, to the sales side. So it's not just, oh, now we have a sales prospect in here, but if you are working with someone um, like on the subgroup side, we're using the UTM parameters, we're using things in our marketing so that we can actually show the client, hey, here's the campaign this came from, here's what they were searching for, here's even ad messaging they might have seen. And that's all going to play into making our client um, have a better engagement with them on the sales side, having you know, knowing that information and, and, and having a good sense of what their, their pain point might be or what, what messaging they've already seen. So yeah, HubSpot's great. Um, one thing that some of our clients will do is they'll use um, a heat mapping software on their website, uh, something like a Lucky Orange or mm-hmm. a Hotjar, Hotjar to where great. they can see how are people, where are they clicking on the website? And what I love doing is just watching actual screen captures of people navigating through the website. And you start watching those and you realize, 
oh, they're trying to click that. That's not a button. It looks like a button. They're getting confused. Uh, we should fix that. Or, oh, they're searching all around. For, it looks like they're looking for this piece of information. I know right where it is because I built the website, but they have no clue because you know they're brand new to it. And so I've seen that be very helpful in um, helping a business think fresh about how they're communicating and how they're um, looking for people to navigate even through their website and get to the information they're trying to communicate. And you can uh, streamline a lot of things or, or solve a lot of problems through that. One other thing I would say too is live chat is a um, an underutilized, uh, pros- not prospecting method really, but, but sales communication tool. We recommend this to pretty much all of our clients, especially in the B2B space, because when you've got someone on your website, often they're doing some research. They they might not want to place a call right now or fill out a form and go through that. But if they see the option, chat comes up and they can engage right away in a fairly frictionless environment where they're not having to place a phone call, but they can you know, ask a quick question. We see that dramatically increase our conversion rates for many of our clients. And the goal of that should be to, to collect their contact information so that then a salesperson can reach out to them and say, hey, you know, saw you chatted with, with um, you know, X person on our website, would love to see if you have any more questions or you know, want a free demo, that kind of thing. Yeah, chatbots are great, and you know we, we've used Drift. I like Drift a, a lot. Um, HubSpot also has some native tools as well, and I think they're probably mm-hmm. just as good if you're not trying to be complex. Drift, you can easily get down a rabbit hole. I mean, there's so many different <laughs> ways you can make automations and in, in the journeys, which which is great yes. if you're a really advanced user, but it, it can be a little daunting for for early stage teams. Um, so on that note of teams as well, when you're thinking about you know other B2B clients you've worked with and they're assembling their teams or putting people in the right chairs inside their marketing organization, how do you typically see people structured sort of over the lifespan, like you know when you're just starting versus getting going versus really being up to speed? Um, and do agencies, I mean, I know you guys work a lot with other clients, but how do you see agencies fitting in when you're sort of a, a, a you know, a, tertiary member of a team that already exists internally? Yeah, I would say for many of the clients reaching out to us, usually we're seeing people wear a lot of hats. They're tasked with sales, they're tasked with marketing, maybe they're tasked with writing blog posts and creating content. And so often they're running a million different directions. And one of the reasons they're reaching out to an agency, a third party like us is say, hey, I don't have the time or the you know experience and expertise to run, say, the marketing side of things. Can you help us with that? Can you take this off of my plate and do a better job than I'm doing right now so that I can focus on on the sales or on the content creation or whatever their you know, their their expertise is? So I see that that happen a lot. Um, and I'd say on the agency side of things too, one area that we try to focus on heavily when we're working with our B2B clients, honestly, is is accountability. It's hey, we we sent you these leads. Uh, how's it going? <laughs> Are <laughs> what you have you following done? <laughs> up with them? Are they converting? Um, one thing we do for a lot of our clients is call tracking. So we can actually identify, uh, track, and record the phone calls that come from our marketing campaigns. So if someone clicks through an ad that we ran, we can uh, we capture that information. And you know, when we have our our regular check-ins with a client, we can say, "Hey, here's the uh, you know the 15 calls that we drove last week. Um, you know, this one." That looks like a really good prospect. Uh, how's it going? And I can't tell you how many times they'll say, oh, yeah, we should probably call them back. Or, oh, I didn't see that call come in. Um, and so that's that's very important. And I get it because people are moving a mile a minute. And you know sometimes things fall through the cracks. 
But when you have someone like an agency who's responsible for driving that performance for you and incentivized to be checking up and making sure that something's happening with those leads that are being driven, that can help you, you know, as a business or as a, a marketing team or a sales team, make sure you're staying on top of those things. I can attest to a lot of that personally as well. And, you know, the way our team is structured, uh, we have a small group internally, but we also use an external agency that helps us with, with paid ads as well. And going back to your point of, you know, do you have a process to handle them when they come in? Um, like all things, you can overcomplicate that really quickly if you're just beginning. I mean, you, you could literally manage it on a spreadsheet if you wanted. I don't advise it. Yeah. It's, it's a pain, mm-hmm. but, but totally. you, you could literally manage it in Excel if you wanted to. But making sure that you have some sort of plan is integral. So I'll just give you an example. When I first joined this company, gosh, it's been two and a half years ago now, um, you know, we really weren't getting a lot of in, internal or inbound leads. And the ones we were, it was kind of like, hey, we're going to throw that over to sales. Yeah, that person's going to call them. But there wasn't any sort of like process. There wasn't a cadence. There wasn't messaging. So the minute we started putting those things in place, it's it's incredible how you see things change. So again, even if you're just using a spreadsheet, like having some idea of what does your first touch point need to be when you contact that person? How do you want to speak with them? What are you going to do to add value to get a return phone call or return email. Um, We manage that in HubSpot, so we do it with drip campaigns. I'm sure you see a lot Mm -hmm. of your other clients do it as well. But again, even if it had to be, you know, somebody's copying and pasting out of a Word doc and they're doing it themselves through Outlook, the most important thing is just simply responding. And I also, I loved what you said earlier, John, around time. And I can attest to that as well. So we used to, um, you know, again, we would hand things over sales. And even though we had a structured process, we didn't have like an SLA on response time. And what Mm -hmm. we found was that any lead that was getting uh, followed up with with anything less than 30 minutes had a dramatically lower uh, response rate. So what we actually found was the sweet spot was five minutes. So that's our SLA now is we actually want to have that first touch point with that prospect in less than five minutes and it has dramatically increased our our conversion that is that is awesome yeah we we see we've seen the exact same type of thing and in some ways it's it's great because because people are so slow and so bad if you can solve that boom you've just made yourself more attractive than you know 95 percent of your competitors simply because you're actually reaching back out to somebody while they're still thinking about you making that first contact, you know, that, that law of first, first impression, if you're the first one there, then you've already got a better chance than anybody else. So it's, it's incredibly important. Many years ago. So I'm a marketer, but I'm a reform sales guy. So I spent about like, I spent over a decade of my career in, in B2B sales and industrial, which was really old school. But I remember I had a mentor early on that told me, he said, Dave, you know, 90% of sales is literally just showing up. And even in 2021, a lot of that is still true. And you can relate that to, you know, the funnel is the new sales, right? So if you're the first one that's responding, you're the first one that's engaging, it doesn't matter if that was in 1982 when you're having a handshake, you know, over a cup of coffee or 2021 where you're the one that's responding in an email. The, the fundamental concept, I think, is still is still very valid. So, um, well, what other sort of challenges do you typically see companies run into? So, you know, let's say you're a B2B company, you're either just starting with, with advertising and, and collecting data on digital marketing, or maybe you're a little more seasoned. Where do people typically hit roadblocks inside their organization related to analytics and reporting? And what suggestions would you have to people to overcome some of those common challenges? Yeah, I'd say one of the roadblocks that we see often, um, let, let's say in you know, a business, they're already 
running some kind of, of marketing, advertising, they're getting traffic coming in the door, they're getting leads coming in the door. But that's kind of where the analytics stops. That's where the reporting stops is, hey, we got you know 10 leads from this campaign. Here's our cost per lead. Cool. Well, problem is that not every lead is created equal. And it uh, doesn't do us any good to say, yeah, we got 10 leads from this campaign. I care how many clients, how many customers we get from this campaign. So one thing that we'll do often with our clients, if they're if they're game for it, if we can convince them that this is what uh, you know can be the best approach for them, is to do things on the marketing side to send them information that they would then capture in their in their CRM or even their spreadsheet, wherever they're, they're saving information. We can send the UTM parameters to say, hey, this lead came from this campaign. It came from Google. It came from a Google Ads campaign. It came from this campaign here. And then as that lead goes through their sales process, they track that information. So they can come back to us you know, two months from now or one month or six months, whatever their sales, sales timeline looks like to say, hey, yep, we actually had five real legit customers that converted from this campaign. And then instead of us focusing on cost per lead as a metric and sending them you know, crappy leads that aren't converting, we can say, oh, hey, this channel right here, let's say it's LinkedIn, you know, it's performing really well from an actual ROI perspective. Maybe the cost per lead is 10 times higher than Facebook, but the leads coming through here are 20 times more likely to convert. And so, you know, we should totally spend more money on LinkedIn, take it away from Facebook because of that actual ROI data. So that's something that we try to you know, get in place. And there's, it, it takes a little bit of buy-in from clients, but it's not nearly as complicated as you might think. Um, a little bit of, of coding on the site, a little tweaking some forms and, and phone call tracking and whatnot. And you can get a lot of that information in, you know, fairly quick order. So we do that a lot with with our clients. And then I would say another common mistake, or not, not mistake, but common question or pain point we see when businesses reach out is where should we start? You know, what what channels, what platforms? Because everybody is saying, oh, come spend your money here. You know, Facebook, hey, we're great for business, Google, great for business, LinkedIn, et cetera. And they're just looking at at the the marketplace and saying, well, where are our customers? Where can we get the best ROI? And so we spend a lot of time kind of going back to what I mentioned in terms of figuring out the target audience and, okay, well, where are your customers? Are they on Google searching for you or do they not know that you exist? And therefore we need to proactively reach out to them through say Facebook or LinkedIn or something to say, Hey, this exists and this can solve your problem. And so figuring that out and then figuring out that, that lowest hanging fruit of where to most profitably invest that time and those you know, resources, whether that be ad spend or, or again, just raw time into, uh, into an area that's going to be most profitable for them. Well, the one point you had around, you know, not all leads are created equal. I, I could not agree with that more. And and I see that uh, as a real big challenge, especially in, in B2B. Um, you know, SaaS sort of figured this out, you know, a couple of years back. You know, everyone kind of woke up and said, hey, well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, we don't need to continue to just focus on these metrics of ebook conversions and things like that. We've got to have other steps in the funnel. We can't just consider an email address capture as as a win. It's got to it's got to trickle down. Um, so, you know, having those metrics in place to understand what your percentages should be. So from the people, the impressions you get to the click through to the ones that become marketing qualified and the percent to sales qualified and so forth and so forth, I think is really important. But, um, you know, you mentioned proper channels as well. And you said, you know, hey, LinkedIn can be a lot more expensive. We've seen the same thing. I mean, for us, costs on LinkedIn can be six, seven X what we could find on YouTube or Facebook or whatever, but the quality is so much higher. And if you look at the overall funnel, those leads are 10 times more likely, if not 
more than that, 12, 13 more uh, times more likely to actually end up becoming sales qualified leads than just, you know, ebook downloads that we get off of our website. So I totally agree on that, man. I, I really think that you get, you gotta look at the whole funnel and it can be very hard when you start because if you're just beginning, you don't know what that looks like, right? Because right. you, you don't you can't fast forward in time to say, hey, which one of these is going to close and which one is, is not. But the early metrics, you know, understanding what the the cost per lead rates are, what the click through rates are, and even the messaging. You know, if you find that you're changing campaigns up and then you're suddenly getting higher conversions based on the messaging, well, boom, there you go. There's an early indicator that you're already speaking the right way and you can continue that sort of messaging through the funnel. Um, but yeah, that's, that's a great point, man. I think so many people get hung up there. Um, you know, probably one of the last questions I'll have, have here before we start wrapping up, but you know, what steps should B2B company, B2B companies be taking to ensure that digital marketing metrics are front and center? So when they're thinking about their strategy, um, you know, how can they make sure that it's not just a number on a screen, but from a cultural standpoint, how does that work? And how do you see the best firms out there working that process into their strategy today? Yeah, it's a fantastic question. So I'd say first step there is track everything. So again, having um, software on the website, say Google Analytics to see where traffic's coming from, having a CRM where you're inputting information about where the leads came from so that you can actually you know, have, have those metrics and have as much data as possible because there's going to be so many scenarios where you realize, well, I wonder, you know, I wonder this. And if you have um, collected that you know, pieces of information that can let you get to that result, um, then you can figure out, okay, well, let me, let me think of a good example. You know, let's, let's say you want to see, Hey, what's the, um, what's the timeline? How long does it take for someone from say this campaign on Facebook to convert versus this campaign on Google? Well, if you are capturing your CRM that, Hey, these leads come from Facebook, these leads come from Google, and then you can just run some numbers and say, okay, well, here's the, you know, just differentiate, filter, figure out the difference between these and then realize, oh, well, if we're making decisions about how Facebook's performing, if it takes you know three months longer for a lead that comes from Facebook on average to convert than from Google because they're a different stage in the buyer funnel, well, then we need to take that into account when we're saying, oh, hey, Facebook's not working, but we actually have leads that are going to be converting you know, for the next three months that we have in the pipeline right now. And so that can, that can change even a decision you might make about how well a platform or a campaign is performing. And that's just one, you know, one example, but number one, track, track everything. And then number two, also work your way backwards from your metrics to where you need to be on the marketing side of things. Again, so many businesses who reach out to us they don't have a clue what their lifetime value is for a client or what their sales conversion rate is when they get a lead or really any of those metrics. And you've got to figure out those metrics because then that's how you're going to measure the success of any marketing you're doing. Um, you know, It could be a fantastic campaign or it could be a terrible campaign. It all depends on what's that lifetime value of the, of the, the clients you're getting from there and what are those different you know, conversion rates. And so making sure that those are things that the sales team is looking at, the marketing team also is looking at, especially if you're working with a third party, such as an agency, making sure that you're sharing that sales information with them will empower um, them to get you the leads that you're looking for. And that's what we're always trying to get out of our clients is, hey, what's working? What's converting? Because we can see the leads coming in, but you know, maybe we shouldn't be spending this money here, even though the cost per lead is lower. Again, if those leads aren't converting, that's not 
a good use of your money and we're trying to spend your money as effectively as possible. So that clear communication between sales, between marketing um, is really crucial, I think, to um, to making sure those metrics stay front of mind for people and ultimately that you're closing as many customers as possible. Again, I could not agree more, man. You mentioned sales and marketing alignment. You mentioned is having that part of your dashboard and and reporting metrics. Um, That's that's the hardest part of the battle is making sure, and especially at you know at B two B firms are the worst about this, not having that at the executive level. You know, Mm -hmm. if if you don't have someone from marketing that has a seat at the executive table, I hate to break it to you, it's going to be really really hard to make an impact. Um, and even if someone has a seat, again, marketing a lot of times gets viewed as you know sort of the coloring in department or the flyer making department, whatever. And so there's not a lot of attention or or um, uh, you know uh, power, I guess, placed there in terms of what they can do to help drive revenue. Um, but you know, one thing I, I, I tell a lot of B two B clients, if you really want to think about how to take your B two B marketing to the next level go study some of the best practices from the SaaS software world. Uh, and again, mm-hmm. I can tell you this firsthand because I was in B2B for so long in my career and then made the transition to SaaS. Um, SaaS definitely looks at that very, very differently. You know, that is, it is part of our daily language to talk about lifetime customer value and customer acquisition cost and, and all of those things. So I'm a big fan of not reinventing the wheel. So if, if you're a marketer in, B2B, in the B2B space and you're trying to figure out how to build those tracking models and what to look at, go talk to one of your friends in SaaS because you can you can absolutely apply those same concepts to, to B2B. So I love I love all those points. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I'd, I'd say too, that's, that's one of the, um, the beautiful things about when you're working with an agency who works with a number of different, say, verticals, types of businesses, we're able to do that for our clients because we have BAC clients, we have SaaS clients, we have, you know, fill in the blank. We're able to say, oh, hey, this is actually starting to work over here. We've seen this trend. We may never have figured that out if all we did was B2B, but we're able to kind of grab that, capture that, apply that learning to our other clients. And then, you know, all, all boats rise at the same time. That's extremely important. And I will tell you, John and I mentioned this as we were prepping for this podcast, but there is so much talk now from B2B marketers about looking at B2C best practices and applying those. And again, post-pandemic, the the lines are blurring. There is so much similarity now into how B2C customers are buying versus, you know, I'm sorry, excuse me, B2B buying versus B2C. And uh, I saw another statistic. I don't remember the exact number. I may butcher this, but it was something like 73% of all B2B buying uh, committees now are comprised of millennials. So when you literally think about three Mm -hmm. quarters of the people sitting around the table making a decision are of the millennial generation, well, guess what? The way that millennials buy is lots of upfront research, lots of online uh, uh, learning and content consumption. So you have to be thinking about that. So that does make B2B start looking a lot like B2C. So I'm glad you mentioned that. And I do think that there's a lot of value in having a partner that can help bridge those gaps. Um, so as we kind of think about wrapping up here, you know, one thing I always try to do on the podcast is, you know, have my guests share with listeners um, some things that you can immediately take away and apply today. So, you know, if, if you were listening to this or a B2B marketer, what are three big key takeaways that you would want to leave people with to just go back to their desk and get something done? Yeah, I'd say number one, 
go install Google Analytics on your website. And if you already have it there, go figure out how to use it. Start just play around with it. Say, hey, where's my traffic coming from? You know, what sources, what mediums? And if you're not tracking um, goals through that, so you know, form submissions or however people would reach out to you through your website, figure out how to track that and start monitoring that and having that be one of the things that you spend time looking at on a regular basis. Cause that's, that's how people are reaching you through your website typically. So one, get analytics on your website. I would say two, um, look at your response time for leads that come in. If you don't know what that response time is, figure it out. Kind of go back to your point. You may, you may get shocked and realize, Hey, it's taking us that long to get back to leads. What can we do to solve that? So it's figure, you know, figure that out. It's going to be important. And then thirdly, I would say, um, spend some time looking at your lifetime value of those customers that are coming in and gauging, are there patterns in that lifetime value based upon how they reached you? So do you have say clients who come from this campaign? Are they uh, more valuable over their lifetime because you have a longer retention rate. Well, okay, let's go back to figure out why is that we do something different during the sales process? Did we set different expectations? Did we have different messaging? Did they come to us from a different you know place? And figure out how you can replicate that across um, other channels. And then also apply that again to those resources you're investing, whether ad spend or time into how you're, you're capturing those leads. Do you really want this type of customer if they're you know leaving you after a month because they didn't have the right expectations set with the messaging up front? Um, and can you spend more time getting those customers that are staying around for a year, two years, you know, whatever is a good, a good lifetime value for you? All of those are fantastic, and and I, I totally agree. And you know, using some scientific approach is is typically the best way to to look at look at any of that. And um, you know, the best marketers in the modern world really have that balance of creativity and thinking abstractly, but balanced with scientific research, A B testing. You know, understanding what all those metrics look like as someone goes through the sales funnel. So. Yeah, that's great. I, I mean, it's 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 hard because I could easily continue just chatting about that for an hour. It's, it's, I, I nerd <laughs> out on that stuff. <laughs> so that's fantastic. Uh, well, listen, John, thank you so much for for joining. I think this has been an, an excellent discussion uh, for those listeners. I hope you, that you've taken away something uh, value as well. Uh, if uh, you want to get in touch with John, I'm going to put his LinkedIn uh, profile link in the show notes uh, here as well, uh, along with some other resources that you may want to check out if you're interested in how to use digital marketing reporting and how to get started. We'll, we'll post some resources in, in the show notes uh, as well. Uh, if you're finding this content in, uh, valuable and enjoyable, please go ahead and give us a, a like uh, or a follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Uh, that not only helps uh, help us understand who, who's enjoying this, but it also helps others find us. So, uh, John, thanks again for joining today, man. And uh, we really appreciate your time, uh, your time sharing your insights with our listeners. Thanks, Dave. It's been a real pleasure.